0: Getting cold feet about a place in the sun. Why Brits are rushing to sell their holiday homes. A new year means new pension rules. We explain what you can do now and after April. And with 17 months to repay at 0% interest, are credit cards becoming more attractive? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Tanya Poli. Hello. Alice Ross. Hello. And Steve Lodge. Hello. And our special studio guest, Dave Roberts, Senior Consultant at Towers Watson. Hello. So Let's start with the money news. This week, with the January TV schedules already interspersed with countless holiday adverts, new research suggests that one type of holidaymaker is giving up on going abroad. The Brit with a holiday home in Europe. According to currencies.co.uk, a leading foreign exchange broker, more than half of its clients with holiday homes in the Eurozone are considering selling in 2011 due to falling rental income and currency volatility. Last year, more than a third of homeowners who let out an overseas property said occupancy rates and rental income were down on what they had expected and the fluctuating value of the euro only made the uncertainty worse. So, Tanya, do you think this is likely to become a widespread trend this year?
1: Well, I have spoken to a number of other currency brokers, and they seem to all be saying that they've seen a similar trend. Um, one broker, Smart Currency Exchange, said over the, sec- the second half of 2010 compared to um, the second half of 2009, they had an increase of over 50% of um, people actually bringing back euros back into UK. And they're saying this, they see this is going to be something that's going to continue to happen um, in 2011 as well. And also high FX, another um, currency broker, one of the leading ones, has also said that they've seen a big increase in the number of people doing the same, and also um, dollars to sterling as well.
0: Right. So... It would seem that uh, you know the the dream of the of the place in the in the sun, uh, you know, has, uh, has turned into a bit of a nightmare for some people because I suppose of the general economic downturn, but also this this volatility in foreign exchange markets.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the worst of it was probably in two thousand eight two thousand nine when we saw current volatility like at its worst, and like pound was obviously weakening a lot against um, the euro. And I think it's been a case of um, obviously people have had to transfer a lot more of their sterling um, to actually meet all those kind of mortgage costs abroad, like. Um, the maintenance cost of the property and taxes, various different things. So obviously there's kind of the feeling that they don't really know. It's, there's this big uncertainty of how much they will have to like transfer over. And I guess also with the latest Eurozone crisis, there's also this concern that prices are going to keep on falling, places like Spain, Portugal, um, it could spread to Italy. Um, France isn't so bad. I think people are a bit more comfortable about France and property prices. Um, but I think there's kind of the feeling that it's got so bad that they really can't, they just can't um, meet the cost anymore.
0: And those countries that you mentioned, Spain, Portugal, Mm. um, Italy, are are those the countries where um, the sell-off is expected to take place?
1: Yeah, according to um, currencies.co.uk, they said... um it's basically, France has been, they've seen about 40% of people transferring money back, while Spain's been about 35%. So those seem to be the two main countries where people are actually, um, you know, selling up and going back home.
0: And is this um, happening across the board? You know, is this happening to the person with the with the massive villa in Tuscany, as well as the person with a small flat and the Costa del whatever?
1: Yeah, it's much more those um, sort of middle and lower value homes, really. It's those people who have a holiday home that they kind of often rent out to kind of meet the costs of actually owning that property it's because the rental market we've seen kind of like um completely kind of destroyed over the last few years Um, obviously people can't afford to go abroad as much and we're seeing actually a lot more people holidaying in the UK so they've had this drop of actually occupancy rates um, they're not again as much rental income because of um, or they've obviously had to put their rates down as well so it's those people really who rely on that rental income and much more rather than those people who are wealthy who don't tend to rent out their properties as much.
0: So presumably the advice is if you're going to buy or keep a holiday home allow for quite a lot of fluctuation in your income
1: yeah and it's also worth thinking about things like forward contracts so once the exchange rate is at a point where you think actually that's good for me and, and you can send that maybe the pound might fall further um lock it in then for like a 12 month period or two month two year period and that could possibly help you actually with in terms of factoring the costs involved
0: and that's something you can do through a foreign exchange broker yes yeah good advice thank you very much for that uh, tanya and for more on the Great British Holiday Home Sell-Off, look out for Tanya's news story in the money section of this weekend's FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, are credit cards becoming a more efficient way to manage your debt? First though, pensions. This year, we'll see the introduction of new rules on pension contributions, which are intended to simplify the system and make it easier for us to know how much we are able to pay in to boost our retirement income. But with the rule change not happening until April, anyone who has made pension planning a new year resolution will have two sets of rules to deal with. And if high earners make a mistake and pay in too much, they could be stuck with two separate tax charges. As a result, pension advisers are telling senior executives to get their affairs in order before the new limits come into effect in four months' time. Um, Alice, by the sounds of it, 2011 is going to be a bit of a complex year for any pension saver who's you know, trying to boost their retirement plan.
2: It will be. And it's because we've got these two conflicting systems. So the previous government, the Labour government, had intended to simplify the system in a different way. And then the coalition government came in and said, actually, we're, we're going to scrap your idea, and we're going to bring in our new idea. But um, because that's not coming in until April, we still have um, the high earners who were subject to restrictions under the labour rules are still subject to those restrictions. So we've kind of got these two things going on at once. Um, Now, I'm here with uh, Dave Roberts at at Towers Watson. Dave, you'd think that the advice would be for, for people to put as much as possible into their pension before April, because, of course, the the annual allowance is coming down from two hundred fifty-five thousand a year to fifty thousand a year, but that's—it's not that simple, is it? Unfortunately, I
3: mean, unfortunately, not. No, um, I mean there there are two distinct groups of individuals, and unfortunately, again, the second group subdivides into further groups. But <laughs> fundamentally, for individuals who have earned less than one hundred thirty thousand pounds in the current or previous tax year, they're not subject to um, the provisions that were put in place by the Labour government to deter people from bringing forward pension savings. So these individuals can pay in up to £255,000 this year um, without any tax charge. There is a caveat around that um, which is that they can only do so if their pension input period ends before the 6th of April next year. Now this- a pension input period is um, normally a 12-month period. Um, it's or the default is that it ends on the anniversary of when you first started paying contributions, but the period can be brought forward. Um, So there are ways in which individuals who haven't been making savings or haven't been making savings up to that £255,000 could do so, but they need to establish that there is a pension input period that ends before the 6th of April.
2: Okay, so if you earn under £130,000, check when your pension input period of your Company pension scheme is if it's before the sixth of April, you can pay in up to two hundred fifty-five thousand pounds. So, so you're having a good year until April. But if you earn over one hundred thirty thousand pounds, the situation is is more complicated, isn't it? Because you may have been restricted already to twenty thousand pounds this year.
3: That that's right. If you've If you're a £130,000 earner or more, you are subject to um, provisions that were put in place to deter you from increasing your pension contributions. Now, you can continue to make pensions, contributions, pension savings at the same rate as you have been making. So that's even if it's more than £20,000. But if you try to increase your contributions, then the maximum, including the old level of contributions, can't exceed 20,000 so in effect most people will not be considering increasing their pension contributions before 6th of April.
2: And so for these people the the new rules are a good thing because they can now go up from 20,000 pounds a year to 50,000 pounds a year from April so that's good news for them I guess.
3: Um, Certainly for some of them it will be good news yes Uh, Mm. or at the very least um, it will offer them more scope than they've had over the last two years. Um, The so if, if, if they wish to make pension contributions of up to £50,000 and they do so in a pension input period that ends next year, that's fine. Um, however, if individuals are making pension savings of more than £50,000, because bear in mind they could have done so, provided that they didn't increase their pension savings, mm. then they will need to bring their pension savings down. Mm. Now, within a defined contribution arrangement, that's relatively straightforward because it's clear the amount of savings that have been put into the pension, it's just... Like a savings bot, but if they're a member of a defined benefit pension scheme, then a value has to be placed on their pension accrual over the the tax year. Now, we had thought, because uh, when the proposals were first mooted back in July, that actually this could impact a lot of people who are earning certainly significantly less than the previous government's uh, proposals would have caught, sort of down to levels of sixty, seventy thousand pounds £70,000 a year if they were in a final salary pension scheme mm-hmm. with significant service. But because of the way that um, the proposals or because of the way that the new rules will work, because every £1 of pension accrual will be valued at £16, and because actually it will be possible to carry forward unused allowances from the previous three years, that actually means that... Um, it 's not going or the, the rules aren 't going to come quite so far down the income distribution had been as had been feared, and so you 're looking at individuals possibly seventy to one hundred thousand pounds shouldn't be or are unlikely to be affected.
2: Okay. Let's say that um, you don't want to pay in more than you should, basically. You've got all of these rules going on. Maybe you're subject to 20,000 cap. Maybe you're subject to a 50,000 cap. Um, how do you find this out and, and how can you avoid paying in too much? Do you have to basically talk to your company, talk to your kind of pension scheme trustee and, and get them to tell you what the situation is?
3: Um, yes. I mean, the, the things that you need to know are when does my pension input period end? Because you need to know whether it ends before the new rules come in or afterwards. Um, You obviously need to know your earnings to see whether you're already affected by the the, um, provisions that are in place now to deter increases. And you need to know actually the pension savings that are being made. And that will normally mean, certainly in defined benefit arrangements, going to your pension provider, your pension scheme, and actually asking them for the information. Um, Some will already have communicated or will be communicating, with their members shortly to try to filter out people so that those who are unlikely to be troubled by these aren't unnecessarily worried by them. Mm. So, yes,
0: go and find out exactly... When your pension input period ends, there's a New Year resolution for for everyone. Thanks very much for that, um, Dave and Alice. And for a full explanation of the new rules and top tips on getting your pension in order now, you can read Alice's special feature in the Money section of this weekend's FT and on our website ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, credit cards. BarclayCard has just launched what it claims is the longest ever 0% balance transfer deal, giving 17 months to pay off existing debts transferred to a new card. But there is, of course, a catch, the small matter of a 2.9% transfer fee, which means it's not exactly free money. So, is this the return of healthy competition to the credit card market, or just another way to make money from indebted consumers? Steve, you've been having a look at um, credit cards um, and the most attractive rates available right now. What's your take on uh, the state of the market?
4: Well, Matthew, traditionally in the new year, you do see credit card companies come up with these, what are really, debt consolidation offers. So, this is the longest ever at 0%. So, for people who have got a so-called debt hangover or debt leftovers from uh, overdoing it at Christmas, this could make sense. Um, but it's not, just, um, it's not just in the debt consolidation market that, the, that uh, credit cards are becoming or have become very attractive. Um, we're now back to pre-credit crisis sort of levels of generosity in terms of the sort of rewards and interest-free credit offers on spending.
0: And uh, in terms of some of these uh, rewards and uh, incentives, what what are the best ones now offering?
4: One that many industry watchers like is the American Express Platinum Card, um, which to new customers offers a very high 5% cashback rate on spending. That only lasts three months, and the maximum cashback they can give you is £100, um, so it's a maximum of £2,000 of spending. But in addition there's six months of interest-free credit from the time you take the, the, the card out as well. So it could make sense for someone buying a, a big-ticket item in the uh, January sales. For example, Mrs. Lodge's £550 Mulberry handbag could go on this sort of card. Um, and then someone And I would get 5% back on that, so some reward for my spending. And in addition, I'd be able to spread that debt burden over six months with bearing no interest.
0: Sound like you've thought this through very, very, very carefully. That sounds like quite a good combination of um, uh, of incentive and uh, interest free period. Of course, um, transferring a balance to a new card will incur a transfer fee, and some of these can be fairly significant, can't they?
4: Yes. So there are these two distinct markets. I mean, many listeners will be these full pair traditionally full pairs, but they may well already be using some sort of reward card and may, say, may see a benefit in um, taking advantage, if you like, of the cash flow benefits of an interest-free credit offer on purchases. The, offers you're, the offer you're referring to, where there is actually a charge, is where you're transferring a debt. Um, and yes, the Barclaycard card offer is 2.9%. There is for, for very large transfers, there's a rebate of £20 if you transfer over £3,000. But... Overwhelmingly, and slightly oddly, people would say these so-called 0% offers do have this transfer fee, and that's levied at the outset as well. So it's a, it's a hit or it's an increase on your debt. Um, so it will suit some people but not others.
0: Exactly. So um, the Barclaycard card one is the longest interest-free period what, what's the next best are there some with lower lower transfer fees or is 2.9 about average they're all typically
4: about two to three percent um, but we can expect competition in this area um, just like in the savings market. it's a very internet oriented market now so the way that providers get at the top of the best buy tables is by improving their offer by a smidgen so Barclay card here has improved its offer from 60 months at 0% to 70 months there are still other cards at 60 months um, but these are as long as as a 0% offers have ever been. In the old days when there weren't these transfer fees and this, you'd have to go back 5 years realistically um, the best interest free offers then uh, for this what they used to call credit card tarting uh, moving your balance around just to basically benefit from 0% money for years in some cases um, those offers were Typically less than a year. So, um, But we can expect further competition probably in the next week or so, I would expect. People are saying the MBNA, a particularly aggressive credit card provider, might come up with an offer which has a lower fee,
0: for example. Uh, We'll look out for that in the coming weeks. Uh, Thanks very much uh, for that, Steve. And uh, if you'd like to know Steve's uh, six best buy cards for different types of borrower, look out for his analysis piece in the money section of this weekend's FT. But That's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you will find weekday news updates and all of these stories on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances, just email us. The address is... Money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Steve, Tanya, Alice, and our special studio guest, Dave Roberts from Towers Watson. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.
4: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall.